This podcast is brought to you by The Lever, the award-winning, reader-supported, investigative news outlet. If you'd like to support this show, there are a few ways you can do it. First, you can become a paid supporter to The Lever. This will give you access to our bonus content. This will give you access to the Lever Premium podcast feed with extended interviews and tons of special bonus content. If you'd like to make a one-time contribution that goes to me and Josh, you can leave us a tip at leveragenews.com. Oops. At, at Lever News. What? Lever News. Lever News. Are you? It's Lever. At levernews.com slash audit, you'll see Lever. a button for the tip jar that'll take you to our Venmo page. You can also go to that directly. We are at the audit at Venmo under businesses because we businessmen. That's right. You're listening to Josh and Dave on the uh, audit thing. No, that's not. Goes like this. You're listening to the audit with Josh and Dave. You see those fools at the back of the class. They don't care about grades or if they fail or pass. They ain't here to learn, they're just here for laughs. The day you home will just to tear it in half. If you want blood, you got it. You trap a keeper, I'll on it. Give me a crap, I'll blot it. This ain't the tension, baby, this is the Ron DeSantis, it'll be interesting because we're, we're let, let, let's do this and then people can listen to this and figure out what fucking boneheads we are because we're recording this Wednesday and the story is that Ron DeSantis is going to announce tonight, what, on Twitter or something with in an interview? On Twitter, he's going to be interviewed by Elon Musk or as we call him, Eel. Uh, he's going to be interviewed the by Eel. Eel. The greasy, slimy Eel. And... Uh, and there, and I don't know, it's like, he's so turning Twitter into this right wing, <laughs> this right wing thing, but he doesn't think he is, which is the best part that he lives in such a crazy bubble that he thinks like, this is what, yeah, I actually, right. I want to, we talked about this a little bit last week and I do, I didn't, we didn't get into it. But I want to say, I, I believe him. I believe oh, that he does not know. I, I think he, he's, he's surrounded by, you know, these idiots and so he thinks that's all people believe, but it's like, no, you've surrounded yourself with right-wing idiots now. So that's what you think is, is everybody's Normal. opinion, but it's yeah. not everybody's opinion at all. Yeah. Like not even remotely. Yeah. Just like I, if I surrounded myself with just leftists all the time, I would be like, well, everybody thinks this way, but I know they don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm, well, or, or at least no, I mean, I currently am absolutely convinced that all anyone anywhere is talking about is the writer's guild strike, but I know in the back of my mind, that's probably not true. That's just the bubble I live in. Yeah. But you should be talking about the writer's strike because it has repercussions for all of us. 
forever. Says you. But, um, yeah, but to say, like, why? He's not going to win. He doesn't have a hope in fucking hell. Is he just? I, you know, sometimes they run to set themselves up for next time. Down the line, right. But I don't, I wouldn't, like, you know, when you get into these guys who think they were sent by God, I'm not so sure you can, you can say that. You know, uh, he thinks God sent him to be president. Okay. So I don't think, you know, I don't think you're dealing with a guy who's really all that grounded. You don't, I see. I didn't think he was that bonkers. Cause like, there's the old thing of like, I, you're running so you can sell a book, you know, there's the, who's that idiot? Herman yeah. Cain, you know, people like that. But I feel like now, like anybody, you know, look at what happened to the people who seriously ran against Trump. Like Trump doesn't leave you room for that. Trump, Trump eats you alive. There's no, nobody wants to read your fucking book after Trump has finished you in a Republican primary. You know, look, if you're sitting there and you're uh, a crazy religious guy and you see Trump and you're like, well, he's got all these court things coming up and he's got all these problems. You, you might be thinking, yeah, there's a lane there. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you just wouldn't clear the decks and be like, you're the governor of Florida, man. Fuck Florida. It's how great is Florida? Like, how could people not love you? Plus, remember, during COVID, he was their Superman. Right. Right. So I think he really thinks he has a shot. But he's he's now you how do you how does he not have it's a weird thing to say about somebody who, as you say, believes he's being called by God, but he's not as bonkers as Trump. He is someone who you would think would listen to the advisors around him. They have to know this is Trump's not going to end up in jail. He's not going to drop dead. He's Josh, those, are, those are slim. What if God right. wants it to happen? He will right. put Trump in jail. I mean, or you're, Trump. you're making rational thoughts for non-rational people. These are right. Christian lunatics. Okay. I don't know Donald Trump personally. Sad to say, I think, but uh, he's pretty uh, great one on one man. But I would think at this point you would understand. Like if I were going to run, even if he goes to jail, if you're Ron DeSantis and you have set yourself up in opposition to him, Trump's going to destroy you from jail. <laughs> It'll be every day you'll be reading Trump says more shit about Ron DeSantis. Yeah, but and that that carries weight. I know, and the people you, the people who love him will love him even more when he's proclaiming he's not going to jail. You are using a rational mind, and these are not rational people. You seem to be giving you seem to be giving a crazy right wing Christian lunatic too much credit. Is is he that? That's a, is Ron DeSantis truly one of those yes. people? That that I don't know. Yes, he is. He, you think yes. so? Okay, so. So he seriously thinks he has a yes. shot at the Republican nomination. A hundred percent. He knows, he knows how wildly popular Trump is and, and he's cleans his clock in every poll. He's also wildly popular and he thinks, you know, he can just, he'll just he, once people see him, you've seen, you've seen how charismatic he is. He really believes once people see him, they're going to be like, yeah, this guy's, this guy's the, the answer. At the end of the day, all the Republicans still look at Trump and go, I mean, it can't happen again, right? They can't still support this guy, right? Yeah. But they will. Yeah, they do. 
Can you imagine, though? Could you imagine if somehow Ron DeSantis with a squeaky high voice is the Republican nominee and somehow crazy RFK Jr. ends up being the Democratic <laughs> nominee? The two of those guys in a debate, you just it, it's like two characters from a cartoon. I know he had a way. Well, he's got something wrong with him. I know it's terrible, but it's like, Who? Sorry, oh, the that, voice thing he has actually matters. RFK. That, yeah. yeah. That's not, that's not a thing where people are like, people are like, well, he has a condition. Okay. So don't run for president. Like if I yep. don't, if I don't have legs, I don't become a professional football player. Cause I don't Correct. have legs. Yes. Like he doesn't have a voice. Yes. His voice is a, you can't listen to it. It sounds like he's gargling frogs. Like it's yeah. like not, <laughs> it's not good. No one wants to hear it. Like, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. And people, I, I said, he sounds like he has COVID throat and people got mad at me because he has a condition. I'm like, I also don't care. He's a, he's a guy that causes people to it's die. Annoying. He causes people to die with his vaccine shit. I don't well, care. Also people somehow think that you're, you're making, basing your decision to vote on his voice as though you were ever going to vote for RFK. And it's like, no folks, here's the reality. You sound like that. And people are not, they're not drawn to you. No, there's a candidate. It just doesn't, it doesn't start. It, it just doesn't happen that way. I'm six foot five. I'm never going to be a fucking jockey. It's just not a thing that I get to do. And it's unfortunate. It would be nice if we could just vote for the best person, but you got to present. Right. And by, and by way, to, 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 to get away from any kind of ableism, which I'm sure we are engaging in here, of course. Um, that's not even Ron DeSantis' problem. Ron, Ron DeSantis just has a high squeaky voice and a weird fucking affect. Well, ableism is a, is a, is a, it, so there, there's the, right. So you're not supposed to, you know, use words like crazy and all these other things. And you're not supposed to like, if there's a Trump, you're not supposed to say he's like, oh, he's an overweight, gross, blah, blah, blah. Like there's all that stuff, right? Like that's, that's a thing. I, Cause I guess then other people who are overweight would get upset. Cause you're saying that about Trump, but um, when it comes to jobs like president in which a guy like that is throwing out the most heinous barbs at everyone and literally making fun of people who have, you know, what I, there's that woman, he was, she had some sort of issue. And he's like doing the physical thing yeah, of her. Yeah. And like, remember that, like that whole thing. Oh, the rep- no, the reporter was a guy. If you, if you don't throw it back. Yeah. You're just, you're you just leave the space for him to do it over. He's not, there's no, there's no uh, higher ground in this it, with these kind of people. There's no, the, like they are terrible people. The other thing is, is like the whole, the whole thing about these people, these right wingy type guys is they want to appear the ultimate masculine male. They want to be the macho. Right. Yeah. Leader. It's like, that's the thing is they're playing to an audience. They're playing to an audience. that doesn't give a shit about your you know, your ableist. So slur, yeah, right. So your you, accusations of so ableism you, and yeah, they, they all want Clint Eastwood meets yeah, John And Wayne. so your job <clears throat> is to attack them on that level, to undermine that. That's part of how you take down these fascist types is you, you, you undermine that bullshit masculinity thing that they have going on. But when you try to do it, all these people yell at you. Yeah, go, no, it's a, it's a curious road because I mean, Trump is just, you know, I mean, he like, makes uh, he makes Hitler uh, look uh, masculine. Yeah, you know, and 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 we we just we couldn't quite go there with him because there was this this thing you're going to upset people, you're going to hurt people who are. Oh, people get mad at me all the time when I would say stuff about him, and I'm just like, he, no, yeah. he's he's a, you, I, I, like I don't know what like you don't get to play nice with fascists. You don't get to be like, well, I, I, I can't make fun of. Like 
uh, this 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 guy who's really overweight because Josh Olson is overweight and he might get upset. Like wait, that's wait, not what? how it fucking works. What? What? Josh is really gross right. and he knows it. That's right. We can't make fun of Mayor Pete's micro penis because Dave Anthony will. Thank you. There's all kinds of things yeah. that we're talking about here, motherfucker. No, but that's but I would I would love to have this conversation with somebody who wasn't as big a dick as you or me, and I'd probably be able to. Say, you know what I mean? Somebody who's like got an argument because it is a thing. It's like it it's, it's a thing. It's a thing, and it's like we're not allowed to talk about these things because there are other people, other people who do not conform to kind of classic masculine stereotypes that Trump and even this DeSantis idiot want to play on exist, but they're not out there running for president right? to an audience that still subscribes to those views and letting them run unopposed on that level is, is a problem. And it's like, yeah, how do you do it without offending people who are, you know, also kind of, you know, pudgy little I mean, and you don't, yeah. and that's the problem. So you cede the ground to them. And it's like, come on, I'm sorry. I, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's an age thing or something, but one of the things I had with Trump and I, I, I was not this guy when I was in school, when I was a kid, I was larger than everybody else. And I, I, I did not like bullies at all. Donald Trump elicits an urge in me and has for decades to like, I want to steal his lunch and mash his face into the dirt. Yeah. Like it's a physical thing. I genuinely want to bully him just because of how he presents. Yeah. And it's like, but we can't, we can't give into that. We can't, we have to be better than that. We can't talk about. So he gets to go I'm, out and. I'm not going to be better than, I'm sorry. I don't know what people want here, but I'm, I'm a <laughs> exactly. comedian. I'm a bit of an asshole. I'm not going to be better than that. I have no interest in being better that than that with these fuckheads. They're, they're yep. fucking pieces of shit. Like I'm not going to be nice to them because it might uh, offend somebody else who's tangentially, you know, thinks whatever they think of themselves. Like I know I'm. Yeah. This is not. This is not what I'm doing. Like, I don't, I don't hey, know hey I also am fat and have an Adderall addiction. Please don't talk that way about him. It hurts me. It's like okay, how can we talk about him then? Well, you must take the high road. You must only attack his ideas. Yeah, no Donald Trump's ideas. No. Good luck attacking Donald Trump's. Jesus ideas. Good luck Christ. enunciating his ideas. Yeah, it's uh, he's running on I'm an alpha male, and um, uh, it's a bit of a mess. Like, I don't think people quite understand the. I think most people don't understand the association. Look, Mussolini was super into uh, uh, milk products and beef, <laughs> so much so that he wanted to try to figure out how to make clothes out of milk. Uh, <laughs> that, and I think that's where the soy boy shit comes from. I think that there's oh, some one of those God. idiots realized that and picked up on it and ran with it and it's a, it's an undercurrent of you know we're embracing fascism mm. that's who they are and so you have to make fun of it you Can have to attack them where them? they live which is this weird masculine bizarre meat only yeah. we don't have soy like it, they're idiots uh, like so I, I don't i i try to wrap my head around it and i did and i i i i backed off of it the last election but if it's trump yeah. again like i'm not uh, my wife is a psychologist and she has a whole thing about like it, her job is to make it so that you can hear bad things in society that are said and go about your day. And not be like, here, yeah. If you've been a, a victim of something, then y you can't actually try to tell the world not to use certain words. You have to, you have to build yourself up to a point where people can say whatever and you can go about your day. 
So that's yeah. kind of the philosophy I've taken on with all this stuff. And it's you also you also give more power if everyone you know is now talking very carefully and and restricting their words and making sure everybody feel good. Well, now your enemies have more power with those words. Correct. Uh, that you're yep. you're giving them like the way everyone uses the N word now. Now when a racist uses it, it's it gets to dig that much deeper. So, like, the, I think the greatest example that you and I grew up with was watching the gay community take back queer. Yeah, very much so. And that was the most powerful thing I've ever seen with a word. And it is a lesson nobody else has seemed to have learned or tried to work with. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sound like an old man now, but I was literally I was talking to a friend the other day on the line, and it was cracking me up because I was I was raised. You know, when I was young, you don't use that word. It's a slur and it's yeah. an attack and it is sort of a, a version of that. And there's still that part of me because it was ingrained in me early. And I was talking to a friend of mine and and he just loved his gaze like, you're, you're trying to avoid saying queer, aren't you? <laughs> Why am I doing that? Why the fuck am I doing that? It's been the word <clears throat> for decades yeah. now. It is... <laughs> LGBTQ for fuck's sake. I mean, they took it. I would and, say, and it's still a part of it. It's like, hey, you gotta stay away from that word. Well, yeah, but for a long time, I mean, through that was like the late 80s, early 90s that it kind of mm-hmm. they re empowered themselves happen. with that word. So yeah. for a large portion of you know our coming up, it was definitely a bad yeah. word. No, as a, as a teenager, like you know, when I was a kid, like Jesus Christ, if, if you if you said that, you were you were you were attacking somebody, you were trying yeah. to. Oh, hundred percent. Feel better. And, Do you um, remember? Did uh, you guys have the game Smear the Queer in when you were Smear a kid? the Queer? Of course. I think yeah, about absolutely. that. It's the craziest thing that we had. That as a game. Yeah. Yeah, and but and there is, but they do. They are still, and it's frustrating because even you know, not just not just liberals and Democrats, but the left, they're afraid to go to these places and. Again, you don't want to just unleash a torrent of horrible shit, right. but you've got these people who are still subscribing to these ancient, you know, very Hollywood created ideas of sort of masculinity. Yeah. And we're not allowed to attack them on that level at all because it's, it's, it's offensive. I, I work with uh, uh, sometimes writing partners, written a couple of films for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who is, and I've heard this from everybody, say say what you will about his politics, but Arnold is just like one of the most aggressively likable human beings you'll meet. And and also a genuine, I mean, obviously a genuine alpha male. And during the last election, we were just like, or during the 2016 election, we just kept thinking like, wouldn't, wouldn't it be fucking amazing just once in his life to put Donald Trump on the stage with an actual alpha male just once? Not... Yeah. I mean, entertaining as fuck for me, but just so those people who hold him up as something like that could see him in that surrounding and in that situation, because Schwarzenegger could demolish him with a smile. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Then you're stuck with Schwarzenegger, but still. That's why, that's why, that's why Trump just blew through the whole Republican primaries because all of our politicians are fucking nerds and dorks. Like they were the people, yeah. they were the people that you're just like, you're okay. You're so fucking annoying. Just go away. Go talk to somebody else. Like they were, the, they're, they're dorks and nerds and they kind of want a little bit of a dork revenge now. Like, and so you get a guy up there who's just a bully asshole and it's high school all over again. He's just you know pushing yeah. them aside and like, yeah, yeah. And, but then, but you know, I, 
I think you're right about DeSantis. Like, I think he, I, I, I will say this. I watched DeSantis speak like six months ago and I was like, well, if that guy runs against Biden, he's going to clean Biden's clock because he still seems youthful and he can string together sentences and knows what he wants to say. I think he would absolutely clean Biden's clock. But now that I watched him a little bit and like him going into a cafe and just being a fucking weirdo, like trying to be human, yep. it's the crazy shit to watch. He has no charisma. And I was totally wrong about that. Like I thought he did. Uh, so he will get his clock clean by Trump. And thank God, yeah. because you don't want a DeSantis. A DeSantis is the competent fascist you don't want. He yeah. is the big There is some hope bad. we survive Trump's second administration. There's no hope we come out of a no. DeSantis one. A DeSantis one we're done as a country. Like that guy is the ultimate fucking terror. Yeah. Like that guy is yeah. a disastrous human being. Um, Trump, at least, we know what we're getting. We know what we have to do. And, you know, you go from there. I, I'm watching all this shit play out. Of There's a lot of people that think DeSantis would be better just because they are so freaked out by Trump. Well, because he, he subscribes to more norms than Trump does. But you know what? The norms have to go. Like, I saw a thing where they yeah. they said we can't get rid of, uh, we can't get rid of Feinstein because um, the Republicans wouldn't approve putting her on a committee. So. Right. They wouldn't, re- they wouldn't approve her replacement. Right. So, yeah. So put the replacement on the committee. Well, they can't. No, do it. I mean, that's how you fucking play the game. No, we yeah. can't. Okay. We just did. What are you going to fucking do about it? Yeah. Like that's, that's yeah. what you have to do. Cause that's what they would do. So just. Well, it's, it's also the frustrating time. thing too. Trump did so many things correctly in the sense of, uh, I mean, he pushed his agenda. Jesus Christ. He got three Supreme court justices on. Mm-hmm. By behaving that way, and what's frustrating to me is that Democrats would look at that and and go, well, we, you know, you go, you need to behave that way too. Oh, well, we couldn't do that. Like, why the yeah. fuck not? Well, it'd be wrong. Why would it be wrong? Why would it be wrong? Why would it be wrong to to turn that on them? It disempowers them. It empowers you. It's like you, you, they get away with it. It's like, well, you're just sitting around. You're just sitting around watching uh, uh, someone kill a pacifist, basically. Yeah. Like a guy is just killing a pacifist, and the pacifist is going. This is just how it is, man. It's good, you know what? If I'm as bad as him, then it's it's bad for everybody. It's like, well, you're going to bleed out. You're going to be dead. I'm going to watch <laughs> you bleed out. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they have no ability to do that, and especially you watch a guy like DeSantis. Like, look at the shit that Florida is, and and there's just. Like the fact that the Democrats aren't making Florida like commercials about how fucking fascist it is and how what a horror show it is. Like those people that he arrested for fraudulently voting. Mm-hmm. Their their lives were ruined. There's there was a story about all these people's lives were ruined because that one thing brought all this attention, brought all this legal issues. You know, they now you've lost your job. Like it's all this fucking shit. Their lives are ruined. They should be front and center an ad campaign. Look at what this man did. Like, and it's just tumbleweeds. It's so easy to shine a spotlight on this motherfucker. And it is a ghost town. It is nothing. All they're doing is going to fundraisers. That's all they're doing. And it is the easiest thing to show what he's doing to teachers 
to show what he's doing to obviously trans people, especially trans teens, gay teens, like just shine a fucking spot, put the humanity spotlight on it. They're saying teen, they're saying trans people as a group and, and you, when you don't respond with humanity, it allows that to fester. But if you show one fucking, one fucking group and you just talk to them about what it's doing to their lives and you fucking put that in ads all over the place, how it's destroying their fucking lives. That's how you fucking under, under you go under this and destroy it. You take out the fucking roots. And what are the Democrats doing? Nothing. It's going to be a long couple of years. <laughs> um, so you uh, saw, so, you yeah. saw that Hillary said that Biden people should look at his age. Oh no, I didn't. Did she say? Oh that? yeah, she came out and said it's okay to judge. Oh. And my first thought was, oh, she's fucking going for it. Oh my god, do you think? I don't know, but I don't know why else she would say that. But that was my first thought. I see. I went to a more optimistic place, and that was the establishment going. Okay, we're taking steps now. We have plenty of time to come up with a way to nope. put somebody else in there. She's the only one. <sighs> she's opening the door. Wow. Um, well, watch this segue. That, that'll make uh, spending the rest of our lives homeless that much less painful, Dave. Why am I homeless? I don't know. We're all going to be homeless soon. Well, if the debt ceiling goes down, our houses are going to plummet in price. And then there's that. Uh, this week. We are talking about uh, Prager U's uh, videos about homeless, mostly about they've done a, a, a documentary, quote unquote. It's like a half hour documentary on the subject. And then they've done a couple of short videos. We are going to discuss these with our good friend um, who's been on our show before, both of our shows before, Josh Androsky. He's a socialist political operative advisor to progressive elected officials. Um, I asked him how he'd like to be introduced, and he said, uh, call me the leftist Karl Rove. Mm. Um, <laughs> That's gross. Uh, but it's fair enough. But uh, we had a very interesting time talking about this stuff with him, and now we're, uh, we're going to share it with you. So let's do this. Hey there. It's David Sirota, host of Lever Time, the flagship podcast from the award-winning investigative news outlet, The Lever. In politics, there's a complex web of money, influence, and greed that corrupts our democracy. Lever Time is an unflinching examination of the latest news, events, and issues that often go unrecognized and unreported by corporate media. We interview a variety of guests and experts across media and politics, and we hold the powerful accountable. Some recent interviews include Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, comedian David Cross, progressive leader Nina Turner, and artificial intelligence expert Dr. Max Tegmark. So if you're looking for a true independent voice in political media, check out Levertime. Go to levertimepod.com or search Levertime on your podcast player to subscribe.
If you finally had enough of hippie college left-wing fluff, get yourself a real degree from Prager University. I really want to get into this. I think we're going to sort of walk through it. And um, uh, Josh, we've been doing just sort of uh, jump in or raise your hand or whatever you want to pause and, and we'll go. But this is a um, this is called Homelessness, the Reality and the Solution. And I mean, it's astonishing how much they have plugged this all over the site. Uh, it's a 20-minute documentary produced with the Cicero Institute. So the Cicero Institute was founded by Joe Lonsdale, who's a co-founder of Peter Thiel's um, a uh, bunch of his companies. Um, ding, 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 ding. That's the name. You hear that name? Ding, ding, you know it's good. Thing. Yeah. Barry Weiss's University of Austin lists Cicero Research as a sponsor. Um, you know, some reports have that Lonsdale's a huge investor in private prisons, uh, although we haven't found solid evidence of that, but um, it seems Wait, why would somebody who is a huge uh, investor in private prisons want uh, to brutally enforce anti-camping? Exactly laws? right. Yes. Um, and uh, let's see. Oh, here's a fun. Um, yeah, he's a he's a he's a written articles uh, deriding men who take paternity leave as losers, um, and has some very fun. Uh, no, I guess we can't even say that in jest anymore, can we? But um, anymore, we should never have said this in jest. Uh, 2015, uh, rape allegations. Um, a young woman, uh, he got her into an entrepreneurship elective at Stanford where he said he'd be our mentor. She filed a lawsuit claiming just, you should go online and read, just a, a barrage of horrifying um, sexual abuse. From early on, he repeatedly told oh, her Christ. that it was women's nature to enjoy being raped. Oh especially if they're raped by oh a man with greater means. Uh, and it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Um, <laughs> it's just, uh, uh, anyway, he's, he's a character and um, Cicero Institute is his group. And uh, they made this doc that our, our friends at uh, Prager are very, very excited about. Um, they've, they've hyped the hell out of it uh, on the site and elsewhere. And, um, I couldn't find, it was crazy. I couldn't find a single review in any kind of legitimate press of the thing. It doesn't seem to be uh, connecting in the quote unquote real world, but that isn't the point, of course, with Prager. It's just, it is firing yeah. up the troops. So let's jump into this. Your first reaction might be to say, oh my gosh, all these poor people are on the street. This is terrible. But what's really important is are you really seeing the underlying issues? Why are they there? And that question is the most important question to answer. More than half a million Americans are homeless on any given night. The problem has grown worse in recent years. Why is a city as prosperous as San Francisco have a homeless problem? Homelessness is a disease, just like addiction. New encampments have been popping up throughout LA in the last five the months. The state of California can no longer treat homelessness and housing insecurity as someone else's problem. We don't want to be the tip of the spear. How did we get here? We don't have time. And the paramedics are coming here. Look on the ground. What is it that you're seeing? You're seeing pieces of foil for fentanyl. You're seeing hypodermic needles. All kinds of evidence that says this is not a poverty problem. This. Um. I don't understand. Maybe one of you guys can explain this to me. You see 
that people are using drugs. Therefore, you know that poverty is not the problem. Yeah, drugs are only for rich people. <laughs> I, well, it's it's like it just starts with this insanity, and you're just you're just feeding people's preconceived notions. Yeah. This is just for an audience who already agrees. But with. I I yeah, think this that. would I think this but, would have the an notion on liberals, um, for sure. I think that. I think if you go out and talk to liberals now, I think a lot of them think that homelessness is, is due to mental illness and uh, drug addiction because this, this kind of stuff is very effective on them. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not just to the people that agree with it. I think it's, it's something that can convince. No, but the notion, the notion of just starting off with something like that, you can tell it's not poverty because right. you can see drugs. Like I, I, that doesn't. Well, and, uh, the conservative brain is like, if you can afford drugs, sense. then you, you, you're spending it. You're spending the, the drug ah. money that you can spend on your rent is what they're saying. Is something else entirely. At least five people that I knew on the street to fentanyl overdose. They don't want to listen. But a lot of it is because there's nobody teaching them about recovery, about accountability, about being productive and you can get out of this. It's okay, stay there on the ground. You know what I'm saying? Get up off the ground. There's, can you stop it? That, that right there is like, you're treating them like children. Like they don't know how to take care of themselves. They don't know how to do this. There's a bunch of homeless people that have jobs. They fucking work. There's just nowhere for them to live. They can't find a place to live because yeah. corporations have bought up all the goddamn fucking housing and are jacking up the rents. They're working together with fucking software programs to boost the fucking rent. Like it's very obvious what the fuck is going on, but they just, they did like, I remember uh, um, Albertsons, they were talking about going on strike and they said like, it was like 14% or more of Albertson employees were homeless. It's like, uh, yeah, it's the, the thing is, is like, and you know, to speak to what you were saying a second ago too, like about how this will work with liberals, what you see on the streets when you walk around and you, that like, that's your idea of homelessness is the most acutely mentally ill right. or physically ill, you know, dying, having, you know, like. A, a, a mental health crisis, right? Screaming, yelling, uh, intimidating, threatening, blah, blah, blah. That's what, because that's what you see when you walk down the street, that's what you think right. homelessness is. But so many people are not out during the day because they are working or they are keeping to themselves in their tent because it's, it's more dangerous to sleep at right. night on the streets Right. So you sleep during the day and you're kind of up and you're kind of just like warily making sure that your shit is okay at night. Right. Like you don't see that. You only see the worst of the worst of the worst. And so that it gets in people's head and they're like, oh, well, every homeless person must be a drug addict and crazy and a lunatic, like yelling at people. And it's just like, no, no, no. That's the worst of street. Yeah, they don't see the people in the shelters. There was a University of Chicago study in 2021. And it estimated 53% of people living in homeless shelters had jobs. And 40% of people who were unsheltered had jobs. 40%. That means, 
Yeah, and that means are, your country is a total and complete an abject failure. That's what that means. Your country is a failure. And they're doing this thing rhetorically that's so grotesque because we haven't even gotten into it yet. This is just the terrifying montage that's supposedly introducing us to the problem. But all these little snippets of, you know, they sound like documentary, just men on the street. These are obviously the voices of people who know what they're talking about. Every single one of them is just hitting a different version at the same point. These people are here because of their own failure. They're here because of poor character. They're here because they want to be. And you just put them together in a way that like, it just seeps into your brain. It's like, we haven't even really started receiving information yet. This is the kind of setting me, you know, setting up the theme and all the rest of that, but you're already filling my head with bullshit about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's effective. I mean, it's incredibly well shot. I was really surprised when I watched it um, at how well shot it is, how well cut it is. It really does just kind of pummel your brain until it's open and you're just like, Oh my God, this is terrible. Mm -hmm. How do we fix it? And then they're like, well, here, let me spoon feed you a Mm -hmm. bunch of bullshit is more apparent than San Francisco. The Golden City spends hundreds of millions of dollars each year to address homelessness. Hold on. The problem has exploded. Hold the fuck on. I'm from San Francisco. No one ever called it the Golden City. The fuck are you talking about? It's not the Golden <laughs> City. Are you just making up? He's making shit up now? It's San Fran, right? Everybody calls no, it San Fran if up. you're from there, isn't Frisco. it? Oh, fuck all of you. <laughs> politicians promise to end the crisis we are going to eliminate homelessness by the end of this year only to throw up their hands in defeat so what went wrong why are some cities surrendering while others are reducing their homeless population as in many cases it boils down to governance and nearly all the cities in crisis have one policy in common housing first (laughs) yeah let's go (laughs) okay housing first talk about about housing first please for those of you who have never had the pleasure of experiencing a local news watching uh home like mansion owner uh like housing first it was not a thing that i'd ever heard of um until like last year and I have been working in and around the government for uh, like four or five years now. And it's not that I'm like unaware of it. It's that it doesn't exist. <laughs> housing first isn't real. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. If housing first was a thing and we, and, and, and like, like, you know, think about that housing first. Oh, we give people housing first. That isn't real. We don't have housing. Nobody has built any housing because of the same people with the mansions whose property values depend on there not being any homeless housing around them. So like there is no housing first. So as you listen to the rest of this, watch the rest of this, just know that housing first is a boogeyman that was created by like two shitty writers, like I think the guy, one of them's name's like Michael Schellenberg oh, that guy's or the some worst. shit. Yeah, um, and 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 it's it's just a uh, it's it's to scare you. It's to scare you, and it's to make you think that housing the homeless is not somehow in any way a solution. So, housing first, not real, not a thing. Nobody thinks about it, and the only people I've ever heard talk about it are mansion owners. Yeah. 
Well, while these were about to get uh, introduced to one of our main characters, this is uh, Judge Glock. Judge That's his Glock. name, by the way. <laughs> Judge. So he's yeah. he's uh, he's there. Uh, hey, what's up? My name is Sheriff AK forty seven. It's really nice to meet you. Hey, how you doing? I'm Lawyer Bomb. It's really cool to be here. Uh, he's Cicero's chief policy officer. Um, and help them craft a uh, Reducing Street Homelessness Act bill. A while back, the National Low-Income Housing Coalition denounced it, saying the model, uh, the bills promoted by the Cicero Institute in Georgia would make it a crime to be homeless, forcing police to arrest those who simply do not have a place to live. The bills would penalize local communities with the loss of funds for opting not to enforce criminal ordinances. So uh, here's here's and he seems like a nice, sweet guy when you see him. He's just sitting there in his flannel shirt and like, hi, I'm Judge. Hey, my name's definitely real name. The first model is is premised on a very simple and almost intuitive idea that if you're homeless, the problem is that you need a house. And so to solve homelessness, we should merely give people homes. And now this policy is being pushed from the top down. The program, as I understand it, was started out of New York for the very severely chronically homeless, I believe in the 80s and 90s, and the Bush administration got a hold of it, implemented it in 2008. Under the next administration, it was rolled out as a one-size-fits-all solution. And there's a lot of appeal to that idea that, look, if this person is going to be on the street for five years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever it is, why don't we just give them a house and not deal with all of the problems of picking them up, putting them in jail, putting them in a hospital, doing the rest of it. Let's find a central pace where we can treat them. The problem with this theory is that if you look at the numbers of what's actually causing people to be homeless, it's overwhelmingly problems with mental health and drug addiction. And wrong. Yeah, there we go again. We we don't necessarily have to stop. I just wanted to yell at him. Yeah, no, I know. I know. It's just, it's so frustrating. It's how, how do you, here's a question. How do you push back against that narrative in a way that's effective? Um, the narrative, like a lot of like right wing rhetoric, it's an easy sell because you see people, you know, they don't look well. You know, there's a drug issue going on. You just go, yeah, well, that's why they're there, and people go, oh, okay, fine. So then, I mean, the way that that I do it is to be like, okay, let's pay for more drug treatment. Yeah, let's invest in more drug treatment. Then you know where you don't get drug treatment, prison, right? No, you do more it, drugs it, when you go to prison because it's it, the thing about the prison thing is it's just like you're supposed to be a conservative and care about money, right? Well, that's the least effective way to spend your fucking money. Like, I thought you were conservative. Like, I thought you wanted to save money on everything. Why would you want cops and prisons to handle the homeless? Well, if you really want to save money, you'll pay like rental subsidies to keep yeah. people in their homes because it's ten times cheaper to keep someone in a home than to get someone off the streets. That's the real fiscal conservative and way yet, to go. all of the people who are enraged at the homeless all over Los Angeles are the exact same people screaming for uh, the COVID rent uh, moratorium and everything else to end. They don't, they don't connect it. Yeah, that, that's been like a massive battle. And I, I think that you know, we're finding some success with that, obviously not enough because it just ended. But, um, you know, you, you cannot think about like homelessness without thinking about 
tenants and their rights and uh, you know ways in which we have to support tenants. Like it's it's very very simple. Um, two people fall into homelessness for every one person that is brought out of it, and the reason why is because of it's not homeowners who are falling into homelessness. It's yeah. tenants who are falling into right. homelessness. And then the other thing, Josh, you know, there's 200,000 homeless kids in America. And I think that goes to Josh's point of, you know, violence. There's a lot of them have to leave abusive homes. Um, but there's 200,000 kids. Are you going to say they're all drug addicts and they have mental uh, health issues? No, they're fucking children. Post sobriety or treatment in order to receive permanent housing. If you're going to put somebody in housing and you don't provide any type of services for them, no treatment services, no case management, no anything for them. You just stick them in the house just so you don't have to look at them and they can do what they want in there. How are we really helping? You want to draw. Okay. Nobody's done that. Nobody's ever done that. Nobody's ever done that. that you know who would do that? Republicans. Here's house. Like, Here's that would be the, the, yeah. Get the hell out of here. Well, oh, it's, it's Las Vegas, Nevada. We have 400 fucking or 400,000 empty homes. Uh, why don't we just uh, put you in one of these houses in this weird uh, Stepford Wives like subdivision? Good luck He's, to you, buddy. Nobody's ever done that. <laughs> yeah, there's a thing called social workers. I don't know if people have ever heard of them, but they're out there doing stuff. <laughs> Someone in and you want to help them get off the street. right? So what they do is they just say, well, we're just going to allow the drugs anyway. And now you have all these people that are, that are staying in shelters, that are staying in navigation centers, that are living in tent encampments using in massive quantities of meth, of fentanyl, heroin, crack cocaine. Oh. The city oh. sanctions their oh, drug so. use within that city sanctioned so, site. So he named the drugs for us. He named the drugs for us. In case you weren't Sorry? sure what drugs were, he named them for us. I needed yes. to know. And we're going to talk about this guy named Tom Wolf. We're going to talk about him a little bit later because he says something outrageous, which is kind of a good entree. I like his books. Your <laughs> tax dollars are paying for I mean, it brings tears to my eyes because it doesn't look at the individual. It doesn't look at what his or her potential is, and it doesn't help them develop that. To say that um, all we're going to do is help them aspire to be like that for the rest of their lives by sticking them in a house and not addressing, excuse me, the issues, it's, it's horrible. Oh. I think it's one of the most oppressive things we've done in this century, to be honest with you. And I'm so committed now um, getting this okay so if i'm if i'm shooting if i'm shooting a video a documentary in which i'm going to be talking about homeless i'm going to say can i not sit on my seven thousand dollar couch in my million dollar house <laughs> can, just for optics purposes should i wear my pearl necklace uh no <laughs> you look like a fucking asshole the other, but wait, what about your two thousand dollar leather jacket? <laughs> like, she looks like the richest person in the world. This is like now we're going to talk to someone up on Elysium. It's crazy, and I do massive do, pearl necklace. You, it's two big strands tied into a giant knot. It's it's, uh, it's a noose. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Do we know who this woman is? Do you have any information on her, Josh? Lucille Bluth. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing particularly. Uh, nothing. Okay, her, she's sadly. she's just a rich. I mean, how do you how you do know. you get in this video? You have to be uh, monstrous. 
I'm sorry, is that a stone arch in her home by the curtain? I believe it that looks is, like a stone I believe, arch. I believe you're correct. That is a stone arch. <laughs> so the woman in her castle is crying and saying, I can't believe we're giving yeah. all these people houses. Yeah. Yeah. You know what we need to do? I mean, this is really all about they don't want to be taxed. Like at the end of the day, if the government's going to take care of homeless people, it's got to crack down on the money these people are fucking bringing in. Is, I'm just going to play devil's advocate, though. Doesn't it? Isn't the idea being, look at me. I don't have to care about these people, but I do. Sure, but then ask her what her portfolio is. Does it have BlackRock in it? Yeah, did I? I mean, yes, that, that, at the end of the day, optic, you know, it, it's it, no, it's not even bad optics. How does she make her fucking money? I guarantee, if we go through her stock portfolio, a bunch of the companies are fucking people over left and right, and creating inequality everywhere. And then she's going to sit here and cry. I mean, that's the that's the uh, the fucking problem with these. Rich well, here's people. just a little. I mean, we don't we don't have much. She was a uh, senior fellow at the Texas Public Policy Foundation. Uh, did some duty as vice president of political affairs for the California Chamber of Commerce. Hey, uh, oh, it gets better. And the state's prison industry authority. Mm. And she's written I, a book about battling the homeless epidemic. Yeah, so I think you're just going to say battling the homeless. So, yeah. <laughs> the, of course, the, te- the Texas Public Policy Foundation is a conservative think tank. Um, of course it is. Uh, so, yeah. So it's about, you know, getting getting rid of public education with school vouchers. Um, it's a, a, a right on crime. Uh, so it's just all, you know, all that crap. The crap that gets us here. Uh, I did just look up her portfolio, Dave. Um, it's just... Uh, a, a big letter is homeless industrial complex. <laughs> <laughs> Stop, <laughs> From 2004 to 2014, San Francisco spent $2 billion on 3,000 new units of permanent housing at a cost of $666,000 per unit, more than double the median home price in America. Okay. Um, so first of all, sick that it's like six, 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 they're spending the devil's um, But the thing that's very funny, do you know why it's twice the amount of money as a normal median house price in America? And no, it's not just because it's San Francisco where housing is insanely more expensive than the median home price in America, right. which is like absurd that they would do that on its face. The other part, is that these numbers, and I don't know for a fact that this includes that, but all of the other bad faith numbers I've seen in Los Angeles include the social workers, drug treatment workers, oh, and like a housing navigator, like like all of the wraparound services that these folks need to stay in their homes, mental health, drug treatment, job placement, all of that shit is, put, is built into these numbers. And so this is actually a thing that people on the, on the left sometimes get wrong as well. When you're going after like a neoliberal politician and you're like, oh, like you can't do it. You're spending this much money per unit. It's like, yeah, look, uh, some of that might be and some of this might be giveaways to their developer friends. Right. Like uh, famously uh, measure HHH, uh, L.A.'s permanent housing uh, bill. We taxed ourse- ourselves uh, to create more permanent housing. That was a boondoggle due to a lot of like favor trading bullshit. But that was like a percentage of it. The bulk of it was because people fucking have to work on wraparound services. Right. Also, you can't, you can't 
talk about cost per unit if you don't, you just have to say how much housing costs in that area because otherwise yeah. you're just throwing numbers yeah. out that don't mean anything. Well, could you imagine? Not, buying- except for the six hundred and sixty-six thousand. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't six hundred sixty-six, sixty-six, and six hundred sixty-six dollars. <laughs> Too confusing. Too. Confusing. I, I, I'm also kind of shocked at the fact that, like, uh, they didn't inc- like that. That's like a high number for San Francisco. Yeah. Like it mm-hmm. seems like six hundred sixty-six thousand dollars for a house. That's a nice in San Francisco. Yeah, that's a good deal. Really, really good deal. That money can be spent so much more effectively. Uh, You know what a temporary housing unit is? It talked about temporary housing units there. Uh, A cot. It's shocking to me how little innovation we have because because everything is permanent supportive housing or bust, and everything else in between is just keeping you alive until you get there. The problem is is that half the people on the street aren't going to be alive to realize that house. Los Angeles felt the impact of housing first immediately. Half. Reverend Andy Bales from the Union Rescue Mission says he saw it coming in 2014 when the national thought process on homelessness shifted towards a housing first model. He says he saw donations to the missions on Skid Row plummet. We had foundations that used to give us a million dollars shift to housing first only. We had another foundation that shifted that gave us 750,000. And only now is his intuition providing proof. This study released this week from the Federal Department of Housing and Urban Development showing since the recovery services decreased, homelessness went up more than 15% nationwide. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that has something to, like everything to do with uh, this uh, one guys <laughs> completely uh, unexplained <laughs> charity uh, not getting money and not the constant degradation of life in America. <laughs> Compounding the problem, cities like Austin, Texas have legalized street camping. Addicts poured out of shelters and treatment back to where drugs alcohol and crime abound okay this is fun um look at those years yep on that what's that last year where it goes up a lot 2019 to 2020 2019 to 2020 yeah what happened what happened <laughs> <laughs> that's weird <laughs> what 2019 to 2020 i feel like the number 19 has something to do with it i don't know Huh, interesting. I wonder, I, I bet you it has nothing to do with the year 2020 and what may or may not you know have what? happened. People just started sucking more and being less yep. responsible. Yeah, they didn't want to work. Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. In Austin, homeless deaths rose by 25% in a matter of Because of COVID, you motherfuckers! <laughs> <laughs> Shit! When you find out what happened to the movie receipts, that season, <laughs> uh, everybody don't, stopped going to movie theaters. It was wild. You know what's really weird is I saw a graph of like presidents killed uh, from 1962 to 1963, and it shot right up. <laughs> I have no 100, idea why. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent increase. Every president in that period. <laughs> it's wild.
actually horrify Americans is that in LA, you have about three individuals die on the streets a day. If you look at this relative to the whole homeless community in LA, this means that they have death rates higher than soldiers that we sent off to Iraq or Afghanistan. First of all, it's no place to live, right? You living on in a tent or in a uh, in a doorway, it is so substandard, right? For anybody, this is not a way for a human in the in this year uh, to ever live. There's no infrastructure for it. Where's the toilet? Where's the sanitation? Where's the ability to even get uh, help when you're sick? Right? Uh, this is Erica Sandberg. Um, not much to say about her, but she's uh, works with Michael Schellenberger. Um, who again, who uh, Michael Schellenberger, if you give him money, he'll write whatever, he, whatever you want. That's what he is. Kind of. Yeah. Her, her big thing is that she, um, uh, some, some character using the pseudonym Carl Brandt tweeted a wanted poster of a Democrat who was, uh, trying to work for, you know, homeless rights. And, um, this guy posted a wanted poster, uh, of him and, uh, she retweeted it. Didn't realize that Carl Brandt was a, a pseudonym. It's the name of Hitler's personal physician. Jesus Christ. So, oh, my God. And as late as December of last year, she still refers to it as merely sharing a tweet, you know, from from a Nazi. It's not there. In May of 2021, Austin residents voted to reinstate the city's camping ban. I just believe that today is just no accountability in society as a whole for people's actions anymore. It's like I'll use the bathroom any way I want to, whether it's in front of kids okay. or not. I'm just saying about what, what I mean? see. The shit and piss argument that you always hear, oh, there's shit everywhere. There's piss everywhere. I'll use the bathroom everywhere. No, you're not using a bathroom because there aren't fucking bathrooms. There are no bathrooms. Now, That's why there's shit and piss on the streets or in your park or somewhere else it's because there's no bathrooms so if you want there to not be somebody using the bathroom in front of the kids or whatever uh maybe build a fucking toilet build a toilet build a giant toilet for everybody to use at the same time like who fucking cares like it, it this is one of the most infuriating things to me is the same people that always complain about the shit and piss are the same people who refuse public restrooms. Yeah. Like, that is the problem. And uh, I, I'm glad that... It's it's worse, actually, uh, Josh. So there was a startup whose, uh, whose business proposition was to essentially privatize bathrooms. So you could using this app and uh, pay a fee, you could use bathrooms in certain places. So it essentially took like what were previously bathrooms open to people in San Francisco and privatized them. Uh, so they would keep them clean and nice. Uh, so now the homeless people, besides they're just ordinarily not being places to go, the places they could go became much, much less. And as soon as that started happening, you had Tucker Carlson's and people screaming on the news about people uh, pooing and peeing on the street. And it's like, well, yeah, there's a startup making money off of fucking bathrooms. I mean, look, I would, I, I will, 
Is there anything that we can't privatize? Is there just like one thing that exists that you can't commodify? Uh, I would love if, if you know, hit me up in the comments. Uh, I have, I, that is like, it's not just segregation. It's digital segregation, which is a lovely term. Love, love that that exists. And I'm still going to serve those that are in need or somebody that's going to always be less fortunate than me. We've worked with programs that, when they first started, like taking people off of the street housing programs, people would live in houses and live in rooms and still like they were living on the street. They wouldn't sleep in the bed. Everything was close to them. Paranoia set in. They didn't trust anybody being in there. They didn't even know how to live inside. Okay, so that's true. What he just said is true. That happens, and you know why? Because the government Every person in the government spends all of their time trying basically to kill you, like trying to ruin your life, hassle you. The only place you feel any safety at all. We, we have a kid who um, was experiencing that type of anxiety, uh, you know, as well, like who just was like not OK. Like it was it felt too closed in. And that's because they had never received warmth or care mm-hmm. like it was it. it, it it, it's mind boggling to take this, you know, absolutely saddening um, uh, situation and use it as an example of why they don't deserve homes. Yeah. It, 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 well, and you also got PTSD too. I mean, yeah, PTSD is a big thing, but it's no different than like you've seen it in movies. Like a guy gets out of jail and he doesn't know how to be in in a free yeah. society it's because yeah, yeah you've been in this situation for a long time or people come back from combat uh, your, your brain years. your brain is a fucking mess i remember it happened to me and this is like just a crazy thing but i went on tour for three months as a comedian it was like three or four months and i lived in a van and i was on tour and when i got back i like i couldn't sit down and talk i couldn't i was always i was like a crazy person it took me like two weeks to like adjust now imagine living on the fucking street like it fucks up your brain. Like it makes everything weird. If you have, you know, a stable place all of a sudden, like it's just, they, but they can't conservatives cannot hold this shit. They can't hold it because it's only what they've ever experienced is all they can understand. That's it. Are we providing housing for homeless people so they can get off the street? So we don't have to look at them. Are we providing them housing so they can be able to sustain themselves and be able to live? A thousand individuals dying on the streets every year is not compassionate. And merely saying, we're gonna let people camp on the streets because we think it's uncompassionate to push them off it is not the right path. Places like San Diego and others say, listen, if we're gonna push you off the streets. This idea of letting people uh, like camp on the streets is the biggest crock of horseshit of this entire <laughs> so nobody is letting people camp on the streets what's happening is there is a fucking and and they even allude to this a little bit later there is a lawsuit called martin v boise which says that in america according to the constitution if you cannot offer someone a place to live then you cannot tell them to move or leave or get off of fucking any sort of public uh, property at all whatsoever. That is the law. And 
just to show like why Los Angeles doesn't enforce these enforcement bans. If we had every single homeless person in LA in every single bed in LA, 60% of the homeless would still be outdoors because we only have beds for 40% of our homeless. Right. So there isn't some fucking like hippie drum circle where everyone's like, Hey man, let's fucking just let them camp, bro. It's because there literally aren't enough units. And that's why like we're using hotels now and motels and why people are building these tiny homes, which when you do them right are actually helpful as an interim housing solution. But like people are losing their minds trying to build more beds. And, and that, it, like that very specific thing is the reason why five homeless people a day uh, die in Los Angeles and why Los Angeles has uh, like more people that die from the elements than New York City because New York has the beds. LA, because of, you know, rich mansion owning, you know, uh, upper class pearl necklace and stone arch having people we have not built those yet because that threatens property to push them off it is not yeah. the right path places like san diego and others say listen if we're going to push you off the streets we're going to give you an alternative and according to people who have experienced homelessness firsthand the root of the problem is mental Here illness and addiction not housing good morning the meeting will come to order would love to know uh, what they mean by people who have experienced this firsthand. We're How about many? to find out. This, this, this Welcome to the Thursday, February oh. 11th meeting of the Public Safety and Neighborhood Services Committee. Agenda one is a hearing on the San Francisco Recovery Summit Working Group Report and Findings. Tom Wolf, I'd like to invite you to speak. Good morning, everyone. Uh, only three years ago today, I was sleeping on a piece of cardboard in the doorway on Golden Gate and Hyde in the Tenderloin severely addicted to heroin. I am living proof that there's a direct correlation between homelessness and substance use in the city. No, 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 you're not. He isn't. He isn't. He, he's a guy that has, I'm living proof that dropping out of high school will ensure you a career as a screenwriter in Hollywood. I mean, that's just fucking insane. <laughs> it's one thing happened in his life and another thing happened. And now he is monetizing it to, to bash people. That God damn it! It's, it's this guy's infuriating because um, he is. He was he was uh, in twenty eighteen. His name's Tom Wolf. He spent six months homeless on the streets of the Tenderloin, addicted to heroin and fentanyl. Um, he spent six months in an inpatient recovery program, and he kicked it. He describes himself. Love this part as a moderate liberal. <laughs> um, so do most of these people, by the way. Most of these people do as yeah. well, or at least the people that would watch this and get into it. Like to Dave's earlier point. Like all of the most like reactionary Caruso, you know, uh, Caruso is the Trump of L.A. If you're not from L.A., uh, like the, the people that love the worst, uh, most carceral shit are all like, especially like in blue states and blue cities are like, oh, I'm a liberal. I'm just a good I'm just a good liberal. There's a fun story here that um, uh, in 2020, a TV station in San Francisco, uh, San Fran, right, Dave? That's what we call it. Um, I don't know. What, what is it? The Golden City? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Golden City. That's what we yeah, call it. Yeah, in the Golden City. Uh, <laughs> they ran a story claiming that city officials were providing alcohol and drugs to homeless addicts living in hotel rooms. So here's the thing. 
The city never hid the fact that emergency shelter in place includes medical harm reduction. A lot of cities do it. Um, exactly 11 people have been given small amounts of alcohol to avoid withdrawal symptoms and to keep them from leaving to buy more on their own. The drugs, quote unquote, provided are nicotine, cannabis, and methadone. Oh, All it took was one person. This is the source of the story. One person, Tom Wolf, to complain on Twitter. And this story ended up in the Daily Mail, the New York Post, and Fox oh, News. My That's God. this guy here. Oh, my God. You can build all the housing and get everybody off the street. Housed, Wait, but- sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, it, it just kind of dawned on me. Those are all legal drugs. Yes. They yes. were just, they were, they were all like, they weren't. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, I'm, I. It included I think nicotine. I just had a sorry. Nicotine. I mean, you just, you, Jesus Christ. You, you're fucking, you, you, you got everything. You're homeless. You're living in a shelter. You're not going to, you're, you're jonesing for a fucking cigarette. No, they did give him vapes, which If you're struggling with addiction or mental illness, you're just housed with drug addiction and mental illness. People say, oh, I lost my job and I became homeless. But then you have to ask, why did you lose your job? I lost my job because I was going to work and shooting up in the bathroom on my lunch break. That's you. That's you. That's that's, that's 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 who's watching this and going, that's proof. (laughs) This this is so fucking stupid. I just want to Josh, Josh, every single person who lost a job at a car wash lost it because they drove up and yelled, fuck you at the manager. Every single God one, because it. that's what I did in college. That's how every single person. My dog is here. She's worried college. about me. <laughs> every, okay. every single person who lost their job at Build a Bear Workshop uh, did so because they sweat way too much, and it was freaking out the kids <laughs> and the parents. Uh, because that's why I, I lost my job at Build a Bear Workshop in high school. But there's something wrong. It's like they're enabling this guy's just what is it? It's solipsism. It's like yeah, dude, you're one person. And I bet he met other people whose well, stories were the same as that's Oh my God. So what? I, I can tell you right now, this motherfucker hasn't done uh, like a, a 12 step program because th- this is not what you do. Good point. You yes. know, you don't, he's, he's essentially blaming, he's blaming others. He's saying, I didn't get straight in time or whatever, because San Francisco uh, makes it too easy. No, dude, this is all on you. It's on fucking you. And then going back and sitting on my desk and passing out. From what I saw and the people that I encountered on the street, it's about eight out of every ten people. Scientific survey there. <laughs> That's not what he saw. Also, you were hanging out in the fucking. If you're if you're homeless in San Francisco, and you're not on drugs, you're not going to try to hang out in the fucking tenderloin. If you are on drugs and you're homeless, you're going to hang out in the tenderloin. But here, here's where it's getting. That's so how is it works. He, But he's just saying, is he just saying that eight or 10 people he saw were on drugs and he's extrapolating? Or are we to believe him, that in the six months time that this gentleman was homeless, he interviewed everybody or a large scientific, large enough group of people to determine that most of them there had the same story as he did. Do you think he sat down? Do you think, and, 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 and how does that work exactly? Do you think people are just happy to sit there and tell that? St- they call him I the saw. studs well, circle of junkies. Yeah. Six months. <laughs> yeah. Ascertain this. Look, if you're, it's really common. If you're homeless and on drugs, one of the 
number one things uh, drug, drug addicts do when they're homeless is uh, poll. <laughs> they're always polling. Yeah, that's how Sh- uh, Sean McAway got his whole thing started. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the other the other thing is, like, when you are doing drugs and constantly looking for drugs, then, yeah, eight out of ten people you see are probably right. also doing drugs or looking for drugs. That's right. How that works. You, 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 you match up with the other people that that's a survival thing. You know, you're, you're like, Hey, you know, how do I find a, a group of people that are going to help me get drugs? Well, that that's going to be other people who do drugs. Out on the street, living in tents, etc. They're struggling with addiction. A recent study agreed over 75% of note. There's no graphic here, folks. We're not, we're not hiding something for you. A recent study agreed. That's it. You yeah, now know. You now from. know as much as we do, as much as they do. A recent study. A recent study. From the, his, a recent study. One guy <laughs> and what he saw, <laughs> and from the Dickhole Foundation. Unsheltered have a drug or alcohol addiction, and a similar number also have a severe mental health disorder. I was a child support officer for the city and county of San Francisco. It was a very stressful job working with a lot of domestic violence victims. I became homeless because of my addiction, and I think a lot more people do become homeless because of addiction than what people think. You know, scientifically, we know that addiction is a disease, so my survival instincts got basically corrupted by these drugs. I also needed drugs in the same kind of way that I need. They love people like this, and and this is just, this is a version of Candace Owens, essentially. If you will just basically sell out yourself and your your group, whatever that group is, for them, if you will tell them what they want to hear about your people, in his case, it's drug addicts and people who are homeless, and he will debase himself. He'll tell them horrifying stories about shit he did, and they'll throw money at him, and they'll put him in documentaries. And it feeds yeah. in a case of, you know, I don't think this guy's getting rich off it the way Candace Owen is, but it just feeds something in him that, that you know, what craves attention or something. I mean, it's just, it's really sick and it's really sad. Well, no, Josh, it's it's not sad to take one person's horrible story of, uh, you know, their life or to take their race or to take their gender or sexuality and to use it to oppress every other person of that group. That's not sad. That's business. Exactly. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling sad for him because this is a guy who just is, is just allowing himself to be used and food. I would do anything to get them making up lies to get money from my family while I was out there. And while I was on the street homeless, even then, I still thought I had some control over my life because all I really wanted in my addiction was the drugs. That's how powerful it is. Some people criticize me for some of the stuff that I say, but you know what? It can't just be all touchy-feely out there because being on the street is not touchy-feely. Cities like San Francisco and Los Angeles fail to realize the power of addiction and dangerously believe that addiction is a choice, not a disease. They condone this behavior and even help promote it. I don't know where that comes where is, from. Like yeah. I, that, that's, that's got nothing to do with ideology or anything else. That's like people believe that or they don't. And has absolutely nothing to do with anything like political or anything. People at Prager, it's, it's, it's you believe homelessness is a choice. <laughs>
One of the main policies that I, I feel like I'm constantly battling is the city's obsession with harm reduction. The baseline goal of harm reduction is to keep you alive long enough in the hopes that you'll find recovery. But what it's morphed into in San Francisco is something different. It's really blurring the lines between harm reduction and then drug promotion at the same time. How this is playing out on our streets is that instead of encouraging treatment, what we say, just keep on going. Every program that has a program has to have a harm reduction policy within it. One of those requirements that's listed really down at the bottom and buried in there is that you need to have clean drug paraphernalia available at all times for the residents of your drug rehab. They'll hand yeah, out a pamphlet yes, yes, saying- Yes, because you don't want them to get AIDS. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You know, all these people preventing HIV, uh, it's really, it's a nightmare. You know, this guy's basically saying, look, I would have stopped doing heroin if they didn't give me spoons. It's the fucking dumbest thing. It's just so fucking idiotic. Like, I don't even know what to say about this. Like, again, dude, go to a 12-step program because you're blaming everything else, everybody but yourself. Here are some safe ways for you to use fentanyl so you don't overdose. Make sure you use a clean needle. Make sure you clean the area that you're going to inject. Make sure you register it before you inject the needle inside your, your uh, vein. And then at the end of all that, it'll say, enjoy your high. Here I am trying to kick heroin, man. And I'm in the drug rehab and I walk by the table every day with syringes and cookers and foil and, and straws looking right at me in pipes. And you wonder why nobody's getting clean. You make it easier to get high and so hard to get treatment in San Francisco that it hurts. And also you don't, they don't have a giant open infected wound. Like, come on, dude, this guy's just out of his fucking tree. What, and what a goddamn baby this guy is. What a fucking baby. Look, I know that there's something and that I hate more than anything. And that's when people don't OD and die. Yeah. And so I have committed my life to making more people OD and die. That's the thing he knows if he is telling the truth, and we have no reason to believe he's not, that he lived that life. He knows that nothing's going to come between that addict and that needle. And it's just... Right. Literally killing people. Literally killing people. No. In 2019, the city saw a 70% increase over 2018 in overdose deaths. And during the pandemic, San Francisco went so far as to deliver free drugs and alcohol to homeless staying in hotel rooms that the city paid for. Um, alcohol, tobacco, and weed is what it says in the text. They're not going to say that because they're hoping you don't pick up on it. But yeah, alcohol, tobacco, and they delivered it. Does that mean by by delivered it? What does that mean exactly? Yeah. Who's delivering it? Is it a grocery store? Did they? Did they? have a voucher to a grocery store and just order it. Like what's the, what is San Francisco delivers? Like it was one of those mean? Grubhub robots. <laughs> I mean, at this point, anytime they, they say anything, you have to consider it suspect and bullshit. Yeah. And I'd love to know, considering the fact that this guy is the source of that story. I told you earlier, you know, the only source that turned out to be, you know, the state allowing people to smoke a cigarette every now and then. Um, He's not the best source for this kind of thing. No, he's not. What happens when a city plays drug dealer? 
in 2020, the death rate among San Francisco homeless doubled. This is amazing. It says San Francisco Why? Drivers, alcohol, tobacco, and, and weed. And then they cut to pictures of like syringes and spoons. <laughs> yeah, but why did the hold on? Why did so many more homeless people die in 2020? I don't that's know weird. About, Josh. Yeah, Nothing that's else happened in 2020. <laughs> oh, I don't Again, know. Just more bad people, more bad people incapable of making good choices. Hey, can I ask you a question? Did a lot more housed people die in 2020? Dave, shut up. We're trying to make a fucking documentary. <laughs> many of these lives could have been saved. We know how to fix this problem. And the good news is that leaders across the country are doing just that. Homelessness is not an issue in California. It is the issue. When I first took office, it quickly uh, so became- they've got, it, we've got Kevin Falconer here, Kevin, Kevin fucking Falcon. Uh, and um, what they won't tell you is that he got the shit beat out of him in uh, uh, the uh, recall election of Gavin Newsom. I mean, he got absolutely trounced by uh, the West Coast Donald uh, Donald Trump, Larry Elder. Uh, by media oh figure. God, hilarious. Oh yeah, he ran. You didn't know that because no. he got fucking, like, he got, dude, he was sub-Jeb with his fucking <laughs> Sub-Jeb. Okay, so I looked up the so why they delivered um, why they delivered alcohol and weed to people. That was because San Francisco was in a lockdown, and they didn't want yeah, people going, going out and and uh, you know being in crowds and yeah. everything else. It was it was a lockdown, yeah. so that's why they delivered them yeah. stuff. Delivered legal. Every last one of those is legal stuff. Legal. Uh, yeah. Although, well known fact, smoking marijuana will. Um, just absolutely destroy your life. Came clear to me that the search for consensus on the perfect thing to do was turning into non-action, not just here in the city, but up and down the entire state of California. I knew we had to do things differently. Allowing somebody to live on a sidewalk in our city streets is condemning them to die on the street. That was unacceptable. I do not allow tent encampments in San Diego on our sidewalks anymore. But he, 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 isn't the natural question like, so what, what do you do with those people? Like, yeah. You, right. You, Where do they go? You send them somewhere else. Well, one thing that's very fun is that it's impossible to do that. Like, even if you had every cop in San Diego, their only job was to heave ho, you know, fucking people in need, uh, you still wouldn't get enough because there aren't enough. Like, that's the, 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 the thing about all these laws, LA has one called 4118, um, which actually was created as an anti-hippie law uh, in Hollywood in the 60s, um, but it's the sit, sleep, and lie law. You're not allowed to sit, sleep, or lie on public property. Mm. The thing is, 4118 is used by conservative politicians in Los Angeles to just assuage fucking rich people. And the reality is, is that they could never, even with the LAPD, like, you know, the, one of the largest police forces in the country, they could not remove every person because they don't have enough people to do that. So, like, all of this shit, right, you can say it, you can make yourself sound good to, like, your reactionary right-wingers, uh, but just know, and, and if you, if you are ever in an argument with a reactionary right wing family member and they're like, 
we'll do they do this be like count the tents why are there tents still but i thought that they said that they were going to get rid that it wasn't allowed well where why are there tents and the answer is because you can't fucking stop it from happening because the economy <laughs> demands there be unhoused people <laughs> uh, i'm also trying to figure out what happens if like Believes that living on the street will kill you. Living in the tent city will kill you. I won't let that happen. But all he's doing is arresting people and shoving them out of town. So what is what he? Th- Every individual has a right to shelter. But if we provide that I shelter, I won't let that happen in San Diego. Exactly. You have an obligation to use it. So I started a series of new bridge shelters in San Diego. It's a bridge between living on the street. Those are the beds. And being able to stand on your own two feet in that place in your own. I don't want you off the street for for a night or for a week, but we wanna help provide a safe, clean, sanitary, and supportive environment to get you off the streets for good. If you've got a need, you're willing to- Oh, wow. Look at that. Didn't that look great? (laughs) Didn't that look super livable? That fucking airplane hangar full of cots that were just strewn about. No, No particular order of the cots. Just strewn about. Yeah, that looked super livable. That looked healthy. That looked clean. Oh, there was shit everywhere. I, like I would commit a crime. Uh, I might get neat. upgraded to actually uh, a few walls around my cot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, and by the way, bridge homes. Those were invented uh, before Kevin Falconer was in office. They were a project of one Eric Garcetti, and just look around his uh, Los Angeles, and you'll see how the bridge home works. Or Look right. around outside of bridge homes and see how bridge homes work. Uh, they are just fucking warehouses. And most unhoused people don't want to live in them. They would much rather choose to not live in a warehouse with a bunch of cots. They're dangerous. They get their shit stolen. They get, there's violence that happens inside. You know, they're treated like shit. Would you want to live in a fucking cot in an airplane anger? No. And so this type of solution is only done it's only made in order to fulfill the written rule of martin v boise right if we have enough beds we can kick people around Mm -hmm. right so if you put a thousand beds inside a fucking airplane hangar then yes i guess you can circumvent the law work together we can fix things 90 percent of the time before we had the, the bridge shelters, people had no choice. And that's why the, the judges, they wouldn't enforce the policy because there was no alternative to being homeless because there was no place to start the process to get off the street. Everybody drank the housing first Kool-Aid, which I knew. There was a city council meeting and they said, we're not gonna do shelters anymore because we're gonna do housing first. And I said on camera with all the new Jays outside, this is gonna be a disaster because now people don't have any place to go to wait for that housing that may or may not ever come. Look at the billions and billions and billions of dollars being- Wait, hold on. Wait for that housing that may or may not ever come. So they're going to live and die in that airplane hangar? Mm -hmm. Is that what he was just saying? Did he just let that one slip? I think he just let that one slip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The housing will come, or maybe it won't. But either way, you'll be in this fucking cot for the Wasted right now. In communities like Seattle, Portland, L.A., San Francisco, San Jose, billions of dollars by allowing people to kill themselves publicly. Where you could take that same money and invest in people on the street and say, you're better than this. Bridge shelters are so much more than a shelter. Housing navigation, how do we match you with resources to get that apartment of your own? 
dealing with mental health and substance abuse issues, dealing with job training issues, bringing all of those services underneath. It, it looks like an Amazon warehouse. Yeah. Oh, it is. Those people all work for Amazon. One location. <laughs> One of the changes that I made was establish a series of storage centers for personal belongings. Free of charge. It has allowed our streets to be much cleaner. Again, it was the right thing to do by changing that dynamic, providing the incentive to do the right thing, but also the consequences if you do the wrong thing. I'm proud. So I don't get the sense the storage center is right next to the warehouse with your cot. Oh, right. So, well, so what I will say, the storage center thing is actually good. Yeah. Um, Nithya Raman started doing that in LA. She was the first, um, in my understanding, to do it. And it's a thing where if you do it right and you have an office that gives a fuck and you're like, hey, don't worry, you can you know, take your stuff here and we will take you whenever you need stuff. We'll, we'll take you there. I, you know, ideally, it's very close uh, to where they're staying. Um, and that is like, yeah, that's the ideal thing. But like, it is actually remarkable how important that is, because when you're talking about going into these shelters, oftentimes uh, the rule is you can only bring two garbage bags worth of your entire possessions. Or if you say no, you're like, no, 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 these are all the things that I own in the world. And it takes like three garbage bags or four, like, or like, oh, I have a tool set because I am a carpenter. Uh, and I freelance and I need work. They're like, nope, those are weapons. You can't bring them into the shelter, right? Like <laughs> if, if you, if you don't, don't comply to those rules, then you are refusing housing and therefore you are now eligible to be arrested. So the storage wow. units are incredibly important if done correctly. Now that we're the only urban county in California where homelessness has gone down the last two years. Um, and, and there's nothing more I like than to interact with somebody who maybe was a skeptic of what we were doing in terms of putting up a bridge shelter or the help and support that we're given to come back to me and say, Mr. Mayor, you know what? This worked out pretty well. San Diego reduced its unsheltered homeless population by more than 20% in recent years. What does San Diego understand that years? its neighbors don't? That compassion must work with accountability and that by banning street camping, we can incentivize people to seek better opportunities. Back to the old days where you would have- Living in a street camp isn't incentive enough to try to live somewhere better if you have that ability? No, man. Everybody loves to live on the streets it's, it's and would definitely- And they'll always find some guy. They'll find some version of this Tom Wolf guy. Like, I, I chose to be homeless because it's fun. You're like, okay, great. There's you. But it's just this this core assumption that these people are living this way because either they want to or they're too lazy to do something better. And if you just incentivize them, as if being homeless isn't incentive enough to <sighs> fuck. I, uh, I, the hate, other... I hate doing the show. <laughs> it's fucking killing me. <laughs> these people are awful. By the way, during during um, so they were doing homeless sweeps in San Diego, but during the pandemic they didn't enforce any of the ordinances and you know, they just, so it's the opposite of what they're doing here. Like they, they used San Francisco's pandemic response to hold it against them. But this guy, he, you know, they, they sort of let all their rules lax. Everything he's saying they did, they didn't do during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. They, 
they changed it. Tent encampments. Uh, that was not helpful to the individuals, obviously, that were living on the streets. It's not helpful for your neighborhoods, for your business. That's the wrong approach. That's the failed status quo approach. If I was on the street and you'd come up to me when I was sitting there hitting my heroin on my foil. Wait, hold on, they... hold on, 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 hold on. The failed status quo approach is banning tent encampments. It's using the police right. to shuffle homeless people from block to fucking block because one homeowner calls and says, hey, I can see a poor person. And then they go right away, sir. And they move them in front of another house where that house calls and goes, hey, I can see a poor person. And then they move them around and move them around and move them around because every fucking city has banned tent encampments, has banned parking. Los Angeles or uh, uh, street uh, has banned street camping. Los Angeles has banned street camping throughout most of the city. Like I'm sure San Francisco has banned street camping in large swaths of the fucking city. That is the status quo. The thing that is new that these conservatives are mentioning are the actual services, the housing placements, the fucking uh, mental health and addiction services that are somehow good when a right winger does it. But the problem when anybody left a fucking uh, Newt Gingrich does it. Okay. So, um, headline from the San Diego Tribune on uh, May 19th, 2022. Homeless count up 10% in San Diego County. Quote, more miserable out there than I have seen in years. Oceanside up 31%. National City up 19%. Uh, Santee up 488%. Unincorporated areas up 540%. Why? Because he's pushing them out of the fucking city. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's what happens. They've been moved somewhere else. Lakeside's up 162%. That's what happens. Where is, are they going to go? There's not enough shelter. Again, like you said in LA, it's the same thing in fucking San Diego. There's This article says there's nowhere near enough shelters. So they just have to go to another place. Well, and no, too. They talk about reducing the homeless population. They don't talk about housing the homeless population. Right. Reduce means to move. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like when Giuliani cracked down on crime in, uh, yeah. in New York, I was living there and I got into a cab and the cab driver was like, Oh no, the, they just put them, uh, they just put them in a cop car and they take them to Brooklyn or Jersey. They just moving them out of the fucking Manhattan, like, and sending them to Jersey and everywhere else. Like that's all they did. It's the same thing. He said, Hey, hey if you said, Hey Tom, you want to go to rehab? Do you have a drug problem? I would have, my answer to you would have been what drug problem? I'm just chilling out here, man. That's what most people say. I agree with Mayor Falcon. God, and he's, he's still back. Now he's back to this. It's like, somehow, what, what is this? What does What's this have to do with that? It's just like him just telling his friggin' story, which as you, as you point out, he has, he has yet to take any responsibility, which is weird because he seems to be taking responsibility. And yet what he's doing is he's telling these stories to lay blame on everybody around him. You know what I mean? Yes. That's, yes. that's the interesting thing. That's how it's a sort of double mind fuck. On the issue of street camping and that so long as we have a shelter bed that we can offer them, they should be obligated to take that shelter bed at least for a day or two, right? To just try it, what it's like getting off the street. In Austin, some individuals are taking action into their own hands. And Alan Graham believes there's a better approach. 
We believe very powerfully that government should only play a subsidiary role to you and I in mitigating these profound human needs that our society explores. What we want to do... You know, something tells me... Something yeah. tells me that he thinks the government should play a small role in everything. In everything. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, this guy, now comes the guy that says, I don't want to be taxed. Mm. Is encourage people don't to move camp out of me. that transactional mentality that we're going to go build, you know, $600 billion worth of housing over here, and we're going to put people in there, and it's going to solve this housing problem. It's not. The people that we serve here are the hardest to house. The average age of the people who live here is 58 years old. The average length of time on the streets is 10 years. These are folks that genuinely, they never thought they would get off the streets. They were certain that, that they would be on the streets until they died. What we believe is that the forged family has to come around them, right? That it is all of us. And what happens in our culture today is that we've abdicated responsibility for that to the government. And we've said, city hall, state government, federal government, this is your problem to solve. And it's not, it's a human problem. It's all of us. Okay, so they're not wrong about the fact that uh, more rich people should be spending their money on uh, helping the homeless. But if it's not a housing problem, why did you build all those houses? <laughs> when you decide on one way, you're limiting innovation. And that's really what's happened. Community First, the movement, is an innovation. Lots of people thought that this model could okay, never hold work. On, hold on. All right. So Housing First doesn't work, but Community, community First, first works. a bunch of houses... <laughs> That does work. Well, again, this is like, th this is, you know, no different than, you know, what happens with schools. R rich people are seeing now the homeless population a way to profit off of it, right? They want to, you know, send all the money to them and they'll fix it and they'll skim a bunch of money off the top. The homeless industrial complex. Continue to invest in relationship. We continue to show up for each other. And it turns out that community actually does work. Community First Village gives homeless individuals something Housing First policies can never, a family. People holding each other accountable, supporting each other. By providing a sustainable ecosystem for these individuals to thrive in, drug addiction, alcohol use, and other harmful behaviors have plummeted. How do you bring somebody into purposeful living? And when you look at what's happening inside this community, what they're being given is a community, uh, organic farming operation, a blacksmithing shop, a wood shop, an art house, all the things that allow people to wake up in the morning and have purpose. Well, there's rules to live Yeah, here. you know, I mean, he's totally right. The only thing we'd need to solve homelessness is a bunch of millionaires to <laughs> build uh, summer camps. Entire uh, communities. All around. That, yes. Yeah, sure. I mean, yes, sure. Like, it, I think that's scalable. It looks scalable to me. You must pay rent. And do you know that we don't have a rent collection problem here and never have? Because everybody knows. Wait. <laughs> I don't. Really I don't, unfortunate. I don't cut understand. Here. We don't have a rent collection problem. They cut and they're standing in a cemetery. 
is the suggestion that they I just don't think that's a cemetery. Kill you. It looks like a cemetery. Is it? There's all these crosses. <laughs> I the think ground. those are signs. We don't yeah, it, have a rent collection problem cut here. to all the dead bodies of the people who didn't pay rent. That's what it looks like. That's all I'm saying. Do you want to know who's eligible to live in the community first village? Oh. Um, Scientologists? The, the, you have to be chronically homeless which means living in a place not meant for human habitation, a safe haven or an emergency shelter for at least one year and having at least one disability residing in an institution care facility, including all a jail or substance abuse or mental health treatment facility, hospital or other similar facility for more than 90 for fewer than 90 days. Uh, couch surfing does not count towards your homeless history. So they're pretty restrictive. You have to do an FBI uh, background check. It's interesting. Uh, the, you know, they, the part everybody the, has their little rules. The part that they're not showing is the room where they take all their blood to give to Peter Thiel. <laughs> that they must pay rent. When you pay rent, it turns out that you're invested. You have skin in the game. And every human. That's not actually how rent works. That's. I used to rent. I own a house. Um, Um, (laughs) One of those things is an investment. (laughs) Rent is not an investment. Yeah, you don't have skin in the game. Skin is being taken from you. It's the exact opposite of having skin in the game. Yeah. Yeah, you lose your skin. Human needs to have skin in the game. And that is what is lacking. Uh, out there on the streets. The Incentives and accountability work. The Dell Fund in New York City has transformed tens of thousands of lives through its Ready, Willing, and Able program, which combines paid work, transitional housing, and comprehensive social services, including sobriety support. An independent study by Harvard University found that ready, willing, and able graduates are 60% less likely to be convicted of a felony three years after exiting the program. Yeah, th- this is well. They're well. They're, so they're they're essentially taking because this this is all good. Yeah, great. They're getting people jobs and helping them. I, I don't know what they're what are they trying to say with this model? Are they saying this is what we should be doing? Yeah, this is just a good thing that is done in a blue city. (laughs) Like, this is just a thing that is like, if we had the money, everyone would do it all the time. It's not a surprise that if you give people mental health care, drug treatment, a house, and a job, that they won't be homeless or be in a position where they feel like, uh, you know, desperate enough to commit a crime. In fact, isn't this an argument are, are for they, government doing this all over the country? No, because it's private. It's not government. That's my, my, is, my point is, is you're never going to get enough billionaires to do this on their own. Ergo, you know. Uh, but maybe are they are they doing this? Number one, because it's private, but also because they're they want homeless people to pay rent. <laughs> Yeah, that was so funny when he's like, you know, you don't see this is the type of thing that you don't see, you know, the the crucial missing element, like landlords. (laughs) Researchers at the University of Alabama tested a similar hypothesis by providing homeless with housing conditioned upon drug and alcohol treatment. 
they found that 64% of residents maintained sobriety. Instead of pumping billions of dollars into housing first, it's time to use performance-based funding that rewards the programs that truly make a difference. For the price of one housing unit in San Francisco, we could build dozens of transitional shelters. What? No, you can't. <laughs> dozens? It's so expensive in San Francisco. <laughs> can you can you get the space of an airplane hangar in San Francisco for $43,000? <laughs> Or fund proven treatment programs. Also, no. Meanwhile, hold on. Hold on. They just said that to be in these places, you have to undergo treatment and Mm -hmm. stay sober, right? Mm -hmm. So essentially, this is like charter schools where they're saying if you're you know, on the straight and narrow, then you can live here. But what, what about all the fucking people they just talked about? who are drug addicts and have mental illnesses. So if they don't have their shit right, they can't stay here. Is that the fucking solution they're talking about? Dave, the cemetery. (laughs) Those little crosses, man. Those tiny little crosses. Our elected officials must promote policies that address the root causes of homelessness. What I think everybody's aim should be is this. Self-sufficiency. We don't want... Jesus Christ, man. Uh, you know what? Thing. You know what? It's not I actually a thing. It's it's absolutely not a fucking thing. It like you you we live in the most brutal capitalist state possibly I think in the history of the fucking world. Like it is so fucking brutal. And you and you're just like, "Yeah, just take care of yourself." Fucking Walmart hiring people for years who have to also get aid and fucking food stamps and shit like what are you talking about uh you know self the self-sufficiency uh she's from the ayn rand institute on the homeless and (laughs) she believes that every every single uh homeless person needs to be self-sufficient they need to be able to do irrigation and they need to be able to uh build uh you know like a pretty complex farming system and they have to also get paid for it somehow and you know but the funniest thing is you know who are the most self-sufficient self-sufficient people in america the homeless I, like they point, don't have point they anything. have to be yeah they don't get anything they the 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 fact that they are alive is a fucking miracle of like determination of hard work of fucking like there's a, an unhoused woman that uh that lives uh or doesn't live we 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 helped her into some interim housing but who hangs out um, by one of our offices, and you know her. The line she always says, uh, and and it's true, is uh, being homeless is the toughest job she's ever had, and it's the most work yeah. she's ever done in her life. And it's a hundred percent true. It is just a constant fucking struggle. And to be like, I mean, mm, you should be more self sufficient, is a fucking slap in the face. It's a constant struggle for people with houses. You know, yep. so now think about people without fucking houses like this. This country makes you constantly try to figure out what you're going to do the next goddamn day. It's just brutal it, it, to say this shit. I just want to say San Francisco, where this woman is from. When I was starting out in comedy, I would drive from Marin to San Francisco every night and there was a homeless problem. And uh, 
And someone was like, uh, well, you should, someone said you should feed them like, you know, and I was like, oh, so I would like three or four nights a week, I would stop somewhere and buy hamburgers or whatever and go fucking hand them out. And then San Francisco made that illegal. Now you got fined if you gave homeless people food. And that was in, in, you know, the early nineties, like this is not a city that has been nice to homeless people ever. Yeah. I'll say she and most of the other people in this, in this documentary look like they have somebody call in their restaurant reservations for them. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) People in this perpetual cycle, we want financial independence. We want emotional independence. We want independence. That's, perhaps free of Wait, a substance what 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 is emotion? yeah yeah what what the fuck is emotional independence we want them to be sociopaths i love, <laughs> I love nobody nobody loves me i don't need you i need nothing that's keeping them down we always are told that me and Craig, we're not the most compassionate individuals in the world we take the compassionate approach by making it happen for people and making it happen also means sometimes telling them no. But what we don't do is we don't give up on anyone. No matter what they do, how they do it, we're gonna be there for them. That's what keeps us going and keeps us moving toward whether we have no money or not, we will still do this work. Homelessness is a humanitarian crisis, but there are solutions. By denying the solutions, we excuse ourselves from making hard choices that can transform lives. It's easy to hand someone an apartment key and think that the problem is solved. It's hard work getting them. I I bet it, who does that? As you say, no one's doing that. that. The treatment, holding them accountable and helping them return to a productive, safe and healthy life. But that work must be done if we truly care for the most vulnerable among us. I love that the last shot in this documentary is like a dude on a motorcycle for no reason. (laughs) For absolutely no reason. It's just like a fucking Willie Nelson on a motorcycle. Yes. By the way, that woman that was talking is, uh, she works for the city journal, which is a paper in San Francisco, but it's not a paper. It's, uh, it's a public policy magazine published by the Manhattan Institute for policy research, which is a think tank. So it's just propaganda. That's what she is. She's a propagandist. Yep. So that was, uh, <laughs> that's the, uh, prayer you big, big documentary, Josh, any, uh, sort of last thoughts on this thing? Before we... I, I mean, I'm just trying to be emotionally self-sufficient here and not get too pissed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, look, this is, there's a lot of myths about homelessness that, uh, are <laughs> rampant in this documentary, but the truth of the matter is that, uh, it's very easy what solves homelessness. The things that solve homelessness were even in this documentary uh, and were called good because they were done by a private entity. The way to solve homelessness is housing with mental health and addiction services and job placement. We have to... uh, But the thing is, is like it'll never be solved unless we solve the root causes of homelessness and the root causes of homelessness include, but are not limited to lack of Medicare for all lack of a living wage and lack of anything resembling a safety net. 
in this fucking country. And we got a glimpse of what that might look like a little teeny bit over the pandemic, where for a second, we had a safety net. For just a second, we had unemployment benefits, at least in California, that were a living wage that everybody got. And the only way that we'll be able to get that is if everybody fights for it. Uh, And if you're not currently fighting for it, if you're just posting about it, and I recommend that you go out into the world and you meet a group of people that are fighting for one or all of these issues, and you just start organizing. You start organizing all sorts of different people across your neighborhood. Uh, Sorry, if you heard that, uh, there's, uh, I guess somebody's getting really mad at me. uh, there was a firework that went off that sounded like a war. Um, so, uh, but if you, you know, go out into the real world, find people who are fighting for one or more of those things and start organizing, organize your town, organize your County, organize your city, start working to fix these issues from an actual material point of view. Don't just post, don't just talk join an organization because you cannot be politically self-sufficient. You have to be in a collective. You have to be in some sort of group uh, or, you know, uh, organization uh, because only then will you have power and start at the local level and fight for policies uh, that will lead to those outcomes. Don't just focus on presidential politics. Don't just focus on Congress. These are things that as we've seen the president and Congress can't do anything about and won't do anything about make them do it by organizing a base of power locally. I disagree. I think you should just buy all the homeless guns. (laughs) And there you have it folks. Another, another exciting dive into the Prager U rabbit hole. Um, I I don't know how I'm going to survive this man. (laughs) It's really, it, it's, it's so bad. I mean, look, it's, it's well done propaganda, but it's so fucking dumb. It's, it just always comes back to how dumb it all is. Th- this one it's, was better than their usual five minute videos. Cause it, yes, but again, it, if you just look at it and you're watching, you're like, well, you're just leaving shit out and yeah. you're just saying blanket yeah. statements, like just blanket statements that, yep. you know, okay, whatever. Yeah. <sighs> well, Josh, thank you for joining us, my friend. Thank you for inviting me into the Prager cinematic universe. <laughs> uh, do you want, how are you, if, 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 if we've used you up, I understand if you have 10 more minutes, I have something I think could be amazing. Yeah, dude, I'm here. Dan, I just found this when we were talking and I thought we should play it in the middle. I thought let's not, it doesn't quite pertain to this, but when you brought up COVID, I, I should have done this before. I haven't even watched this. We're going to watch this two minute video. I'm going to let it speak for itself. I'm broadcasting from my home because I'm not going into the station as I have COVID. I came, uh, I was tested positive last week. Uh-oh. And I have been uh, steadily improving. At no point was I in danger of hospitalization. I have uh, received monoclonal. I just don't keep grabbing his arm like that. You what? 
he just keeps grabbing his arm like in a really weird way that makes him me think and it's like off screen it just makes me think that he's just like bleeding out or something he and the, the tone of his voice he just sounds like he's like actively dying he's in a hostage situation and they're making him shoot this antibodies that's regeneron i have of course for years a year and a half not years been taking hydroxychloroquine from the beginning wow. with zinc i've taken z-pack the erythromycin as uh, the zelenko protocol would have it i have taken ivermectin oh you know uh i, I ivermectin recently- <laughs> I recently watched the Zelenko Protocol. It's one of my favorite 70s spy movies. <laughs> what, what the hell is that? Uh, it, well, it's the, the Russians had a microfiche and it ended up in the hands of a sexy super spy. No, I'm and, not. I'm asking Dave, who's a... You know which them? thing the the protocol yeah the um he's he's naming all of the right-wing grift uh medications uh, that's that, what yeah um, i had not heard that one he's naming them all so um yeah he's done the hydrocortical and ivermectin and um they're, they're all uh dr grift so if you if you you know look into them it's just doctors trying to make money off of this with bullshit cures so he's named a bunch of them because he's an idiot it's it's funny that he's like I will do this medicine, ZPAC, and all these other medicines yeah. that were devised in the exact same way as the COVID vaccine. I'll do those medicines. That's cool. <laughs> I have done what a person should do if one is not going to get vaccinated. It is infinitely preferable to have natural immunity than vaccine immunity. Uh, there we go. You, you don't know. You don't know if you have exactly you right. boost your fucking immune system. You don't know if you have natural immunity. You just get lucky if you do. What? It's the craziest idea. These people that are like, no, my immune system is really good. How the fuck do you know that? Did you beat AIDS? What are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, he looks like he's doing great, and he sounds like he's doing great. <laughs> well, you mentioned he's touching it. He was touching his skin there. Like COVID gives a lot of people, you know, really irritated skin situations, mm-hmm. and he sounds like shit. And he looks like he's dropped about twenty fucking pounds. And this is just you know, this is from October twenty twenty one, and that is what I hoped for the entire time. Hence, I so. Uh, engaged with strangers constantly wait, hugging wait. them taking photos with them oh i see he knowing he that i was get in, in, making myself very susceptible to getting covid which is indeed as bizarre as it sounded what i wanted i'm just constantly hugging strangers i go up to strangers with my arms open and whether or not they want me to i'm i'm always hugging them i i they call me uh huggy d uh, I love to constantly go up to strangers <laughs> and embrace them. <laughs> I'm a licker. I just lick people. <laughs> In the hope that I would achieve natural immunity and be taken care of by therapeutics. Ah, Did you, he okay. wanted so, to get COVID. Right. So Great Barrington Declaration. So a bunch of fucking idiots got together, right-wing idiots, uh, and they wrote the Great Barrington Declaration, which uh, said from the beginning that what we need is to everyone get it and then we'll have immunity. Um, as you can see, that's not working at all. <laughs> Dennis does not look good. He's, uh... 
That is exactly what has happened. It should have happened to the great majority of Americans. What do you mean? It's exactly what has happened. Again, how? So he didn't. So look, he didn't. He didn't have to go to the hospital. Yeah, he didn't so end up face down. All of these things. to a ventilator. Therefore, this right. plan worked. Then it it worked. So it worked. Um, what he doesn't realize is, uh, while it is an acute affliction for some, COVID is more a chronic affliction. Far more people are affected chronically than they are acutely. So some people die, yes, but a lot more people have to live with afflictions and disability and terrible things. So he's one of those guys that doesn't realize that, you know, you made it through the short part, but who knows what happens after. The number of deaths in this country uh, owing to COVID is a scandal, which one day will be clear uh, to Americans. The opposition to therapeutics on the part of the CDC. I don't know I what, he, what means he means by that. I thought it was interesting the way they I kind of downplayed COVID during that documentary. As Josh pointed out, it was like, yeah, you have, to, you have to sort of acknowledge that something happened. But, but you know, they're, you know, the right wing is already rewriting everything that happened during COVID. Like the lockdowns uh, were more harmful than not. Yeah, they just saved a bunch of lives. Um, so he, you never know when a person says um, the scandal of COVID because there's five million conspiracies yeah. about it. And yeah, you have no is idea he, what is he's he saying. It about. didn't happen. Is he, he saying fewer people died? Then is he saying that it was a democratic plot? He's saying he he's probably saying that doctors were naming covid uh, on the death certificate when right, it wasn't even actually though, covid i would yeah, imagine they died of cancer who happened to have covid there were that whole shtick yeah, right that's right exactly right yeah because the uh, opposite never happened yeah yeah i mean you know what happened josh uh josh is um a ton of people just randomly died uh, uh, uh from stuff all of a sudden uh not covid but all of a sudden we just had a, a tons of people dying yeah I, broken I, legs and I just, I love the part where he says, I, I planned this. I wanted this to happen. <laughs> well, look, he, th- these people are out there, you know, they, they truly believed going off the great Barrington declaration yeah. that, that they wanted to get infected because it would be a one and done. It's great. Yeah, there's uh, something, I don't know. Is that, I mean, uh, he's old and he's fat. Yeah. I mean, and he, and I'm sorry, but. We, we we know what he looks like. That's a dude who lost a lot of weight yeah. fast. Like that's a guy who had yeah. a really rough time. He doesn't look he really doesn't look goodness. good. Yep. Look, he wanted COVID. He was hugging people. He started calling himself the human lollipop, licking, asking to be licked. That is pretty good, but you can call me DP. Uh, I uh, bet he's had it again since. That would do be you think? Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, we should look yeah. into that. This one was spontaneous. I just thought it'd be interesting to take a look at. Um, all right, well, gentlemen, Josh, again, lovely to see you. Thank you for coming on, sir. Uh, this was wonderful. Um, I hope. Uh, I hope. Uh, I don't know what I hope. I'm fucking tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm sad. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just sad. We we'll move to San Diego, dude. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let's all go do that. Uh, all right. Thank you, my friend. And we'll be back uh, next week with more of this horrible swill. Good morning, class. Good morning, Professor Gender Neutral Today we're learning all about socialism, deviant sex, and devil worship. Yay! And how cool it is. Hail 
But I want to learn about Jesus. Oh, Timmy, science fiction is next week. If you finally had enough of hippie college left-wing fluff, get yourself a real degree from Prager University. Good news, class. Bill Gates is here to give everyone free vaccines. Science is a commie plot. Our professors can't be bought. All textbooks are Soros free at Prager University. My pronouns are he and him. Loser. No more guilt, no more blame. No more hetero white male shame. No apes on your family tree at Prager University. We want to thank our incredible support team, uh, Brian Ciano, our free floating agent of chaos, a.k.a. research guy. And also Colin McCoy, who does all of our music. You can also find him. He out there in music world. He is known as Diesel Boots.